0: It's just impressive to me how there still manages to be so much joy in Mexico, even though we're experiencing so much hardship. And I think that's that's a story that I want to keep telling. Welcome to the One World Media Podcast.
1: Welcome to the One World Media Podcast, Behind the Stories. I'm your host, Aisha, from One World Media. For 35 years, the One World Media Awards have celebrated the world's best journalism. We're celebrating this milestone by launching this podcast to interview some of our past winners and friends who remind us why stories and storytellers are important. At One World Media, we believe that stories shape our world. It matters how they're told. We support journalists and filmmakers across the Global South to tell underreported stories that inform and connect us all. In this limited series podcast, we'll travel to the Middle East, the African continent and Mexico to hear from our guests about how they got to where they are now and the experiences along the way that have shaped them as journalists and people. We'll hear from these senior journalists about how the media industry has changed, what's gotten better since they started working, what still needs to improve and changes they're hopeful to see. On today's episode, you'll hear from Oscar Lopez, former New York Times reporter based in Mexico, where he's currently a freelance journalist. Oscar has also been nominated for a One World Media Award. Oscar is a multilingual reporter, researcher, photographer, video editor, and social media whiz. Apart from Mexico, he has reported from Tanzania, Brazil, and Jordan, publishing in outlets like The Guardian, The Washington Post, Newsweek, Time, and Quartz. Today, he'll discuss his story, Gone, which appeared in the New York Times, that looked at the rise of missing people in Mexico. We're also speaking to journalist and political analyst Arnaldo Cuella from PopLab in Mexico, who has been a reporter for more than 30 years. PopLab has been nominated for a special award in 2023. Arnaldo will be speaking to us about his long-form investigation about the head of the State Justice Department of what has become one of Mexico's most violent states in recent times. We're also joined by Emilio Jimenez, who will be translating. Oscar Arnaldo, we're so glad to have you with us. Welcome.
0: Thank Thank you for having us. us.
1: It's worth mentioning that Mexico is one of the world's most dangerous and deadly countries for journalists. According to Reporters Without Borders, nearly 150 journalists have been murdered in Mexico since 2000, and 28 have gone missing. Mexico currently ranks 128 out of 180 countries on the Press Freedom Index. Oscar, we asked you to pick a story that greatly impacted your work. Would you tell us a little about it, please?
0: Sure. Uh, The story that I chose is um, titled Gone, and it marks the fact that in Mexico, uh, more than 100,000 people have disappeared since 1964, the majority of them in the last 40 years um due to the ongoing war on drug cartels and other organized crime groups and it was just a very impactful story that I worked on with a very talented photographer called Fred Ramos which really brought home to me the gravity of this tremendous human rights crisis to think that tens of thousands of people across the country have just vanished and families are all over the nation, just have no idea where where their loved ones are, is really, I think, one of the most important issues facing contemporary Mexico and something that has continued to inform my reporting in the years since.
1: Thank you. Um, and Arnaldo, would you give us some background about how you came to work on the story you're discussing today? Tell us what it's about and give us the details.
2: Sí. Uh guanajuato
3: has had the same uh, government the same party uh, in the administration um the head of the government for a very long time the pretext in mexico is often that the cost the main cause of violence is the constant change in leadership you know how parties sort of just play uh musical chairs in, in government but uh guanajuato proves that that, that is not necessarily the case, because of what we said that we have had the same party for so long. And violence has just been a constant in in the state. And that's the basis of the story.
1: Thank you. Um, so, Oscar and, and Arnaldo, if you want to take it away and, and just talk to each other about the stories that you've worked on.
0: Sure. Um, so, you know, I think violence has been something that mexico has been dealing with for at an extreme level for at least 15 maybe even 20 years and it's it's often a challenge to find new ways of you know discussing this issue and and not getting stuck in the same sort of tropes so um i think something that was interesting in my story was finding a, a visual way to really talk about uh, a really profound human rights crisis. And um, I think that's what made the story really impactful was this combination of, of powerful visuals and also um, text that kind of captured this moment. And um, I was wondering, Arnoldo what it was like for you um, to find new ways in Guanajuato where violence has been an issue for so long, you know, to find new ways of covering this issue. Um, si quieres, yo puedo traducir la pregunta. Nada más te preguntaba, eh, Arnoldo, ¿cómo, ¿cómo es para ti, para ti eh, encontrar nuevas formas de cubrir la violencia, ya que es algo tan constante que tenemos que lidiar en México?
2: Gracias, Oscar. Eh, creo que todo está
0: conectado. Uh, I think everything is connected with
3: the inherited corruption, the huge amount of corruption and the dysfunctional and inefficient institutes. It leaves the citizen to fight alone against this crisis. Um, It has grown as well because of, um, you know, drug trafficking, human trafficking. But it's mainly because of the lack of uh, state involvement. Um, PRI Pri and all the other parties had sort of an allegiance with with this uh, organized crime and that's why AMLO was able to uh, the president the current president was able to win the presidency because everybody was kind of tired and wanted sort of changed however it has still uh it has still not worked
0: what was your process like of reporting this story cual fue tu proceso para reportar esta esta historia
2: well, bueno,
3: in Guanajuato, we were worried because in uh, the sexenio, which is the six year period of the governor last in Mexico, um, the state used to have this image of almost a paradise where violence seemed something far away. However, this changed very quickly. As Arnoldo said before, it can't be alleged that it's because of a change in leadership. And the most apparent case is the state he- uh, head state attorney. Um, because of reform, he was given more autonomy and his uh, administration will last till the end of the decade. We're talking about uh, Carlos Amarripa. The profile was written around him. It was very complicated because he was a very powerful figure and has a very almost pyramid like structure of his uh, dependency of the state well his bureau um most of the people that were interviewed were ex-employees or people that had already had a previous conflict with him uh, it, he had a very uh, good relationship with um the u.s embassy and sort of it was about uh, finding links around with him and other other big figures also it was about tackling impunity there's a very big um uh, Clandestine mass grave problems in Mexico. So it was also about shining a light on this. And that was the main focus of the investigation.
1: Um, I think it's just um, a, a good point, also, to, just to mention to our listeners that Mexico is one of the world's most dangerous and deadly countries for journalists. Um, so, against this background, uh, what is it like being a journalist in Mexico right now?
3: It's very complicated. The main issue is that reporters don't have access to trustworthy government uh, sources. Only recently, uh, transparency mechanisms have started, but they are very complicated. Uh, It's very hard to access them. They're often left vulnerable. Even with the new federal administration, it's been uh, very hard to access these. Public officials in the country aren't used to being questioned, and often legacy media prefers to protect uh, commercial interests. And outside of Mexico City, it's more apparent. uh, Freedom of speech and sort of practicing journalism is very complicated and often dangerous. Um, And this is problematic because it restricts the right to access of information for the average citizen. Often um, public officials in, outside of Mexico are like small monarchs, uh, able to do whatever they want. So it's, it's very hard, basically.
1: Thank you. Thanks for that. I think
2: I could ask a question to Oscar. Mm-hmm. Eh, me, me interesa mucho tu visión de México, más escuchando la experiencia que has tenido en otros países por este asunto que de de pronto vemos acá muy normalizado de habernos convertido en en el país más mortífero sin tener de hecho una guerra formal ¿no? Mm. ¿Cómo cómo cómo ves esto comparado con naciones que que sí viven situaciones de violencia declarada ¿no?
0: Mm. Um, Sorry, no was asking me what it's been like in my experience to work in other countries and um you know in countries where they don't have the kinds of issues that journalists have to face in mexico where we've become you know the most dangerous country for journalists outside of war zones um and i think i would say that i've worked in many countries and have often faced you know hostile environments including natural disasters, but also, you know, terrorism, things like that. But I think what marks Mexico apart is that it's kind of something you have to face all the time in your work, Um, not just when there is a particular incident, but it's something you have to think about constantly. You know, like I have to have a level of digital security You know with vpn on my phone on my laptop constantly thinking about whether the government is spying on me because that's what we've seen time and time again has happened um but i also think that it's important to recognize that for me as a even though i'm mexican I, i function as a foreign correspondent so i think that offers kind of a level of protection that local journalists often don't have so you know i really just respect and admire local journalists like you and the work that you do, given given the threats that you face, um, both from people in power um, and also organized crime.
2: Gracias. Thanks, Oscar.
0: And something I wanted to also um, talk about that Arnoldo mentioned is um, this idea of transparency. And I think what's kind of been remarkable in Mexico, despite all the attacks that journalists face, is that our freedom of information system is one of the best in the world and is incredibly accessible um, and has has really you know helped a lot of journalists i think uncover wrongdoing and corruption but what we're facing at this current moment is that the current administration is trying to disappear the freedom of information agency and a lot of us in the media landscape are really worried because, you know, in such a difficult media landscape, the INAI or the in, independent um, access to information agency was really like one of the real things that we can hold on to in Mexico. And now it's like the government is trying to take that away.
2: Bueno,
3: These transparency mechanisms are very good until you reach a more local level. Um, things before this politicians were much more comfortable and even it doesn't it crosses party lines despite it being a morena initiative they're all celebrating this sort of restriction to transparency mechanisms even though they might not uh criticize it publicly i mean they might uh, criticize them publicly um these um reports also highlight how we still have a, a sort of an inefficient state, um, sort of state and legal system, because nothing happens. Like you can you have these reports about like Segalmex, La Estafa Maestra, Casablanca, but nothing happens in sort of a in the legal sense. Mexico is the only country that has never taken an ex-president to court, despite, you know, also being responsible for the loss of life, like, for example, Ayotzinapa. So, he thinks we have to sort of close this cycle. Sure. Um, the transparency mechanisms also have to mature, but also the legal system has to mature because um, impunity is a huge, um, the, the big Mexican phenomenon, he calls it. So, he thinks this part is very important also.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's just the fundamental point. And I keep coming back to this in all my work, whether it's on violence or corruption, disappearances, femicides, is just the astounding level of impunity in Mexico. You can literally get away with murder almost in any part of the country, and particularly at the state legal level. There's just no repercussions. The amount of murders that are solved is like seven percent. It's just unbelievable. And so, you know, it, it, it almost doesn't matter how many investigative reports we as journalists publish, there just doesn't seem to be any consequences. And I think that's really a fundamental issue that underpins so much of what's wrong with Mexico.
2: Uh,
3: he thinks what Oscar says is very important. I think journalists um, don't want bad things to happen just so they can have the big story he thinks it if, the, if that were the case it would kind of turn into a, an addiction um, but that doesn't matter um, in mexican politics in the 21st century cover-ups were a big thing i mean in the 20th century sorry mm-hmm. um you know because Pri would designed uh would design a successor and everybody would agree with it. Everybody was complicit. There was a pact of silence, a pact of impunity, he calls it. Even if there was a a public rivalry between different parties, it would be respected. They would be allowed to judge certain collaborators, but not the ex-president. So when democracy started, or as he calls it, the the alternation um, in the year 2000, it, it's Mexico is still not able to surpass this sort of cover up culture. And you can sort of see it again with Morena's candidates and in, in, in this current period. Um, so, it, and, and it's especially a problem because it comes from the top of the power structure.
1: Thanks very much. Um, I'm just aware of time. So I think we should start uh, wrapping up. If I could just put a final question to both of you and, and and have you respond. You've obviously talked about what it's like to report from Mexico. And, and it seems like there's so many stories about crime and, and violence. Um, but uh, in, 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 in all of this, what is what is the story that you you still want to tell? What is the story about the story or the, sorry, what is the story that you want to tell about this region and why do you want to tell it?
0: Um, I mean, something that I always want to to tell in different ways is um, just kind of highlighting the fact that even though there's so much violence and corruption and so many dark aspects in Mexico, it's just astounding how it still manages to be this amazing place with incredible an incredible cultural life people are so warm people carry on their traditions their celebrations even in the hardest of circumstances and i think it's just impressive to me how there still manages to be so much joy in mexico even though we're experiencing so much hardship and i think that's
1: that's a story that
0: I want to keep
3: telling. Um Amelia, do you do you wanna ask
2: Arnaldo? Um te dijo que pregunto tema.
3: The story we still owe to tell is a process where we could judge uh public officials who have wielded power with no control or consequence because they have clearly affected a lot of people and this involves every single president that has sitting in the presidential chair including the current one um, but Mexico hasn't been able to face this even in pre-colonial since pre-colonial times we've had govern, governors that were almost godlike um, this country has to mature and we as journalists have to tell a big story uh, but have to take it seriously not just trying to be scandalous um, and yeah we have to make these public officials accountable and that's the story he wants to tell
1: um thank you both thank you uh thank you emilio for that thank you arnaldo for your response and um oscar just to respond to your uh answer which is that you're absolutely right that kind of balance and storytelling is so important um thank you both uh, for joining us we we really enjoyed this session i i hope you did too um thanks for taking the time and um yeah we're, we're we were really happy to host you thank you thank,
0: thank you for having much. us yes
2: bye thank you
1: thank you very much bye thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed the conversation Please listen to the other episodes of this podcast on Yemen and South Africa. If you like this podcast, please rate or review us, tell your friends about it, and share it on social media. Thanks for your support, and thank you for joining us. This episode was recorded in London at the Edit Store, part of Clearcut Group. Thanks to our executive producer and host, Aisha, audio editor, Lawrence Westacott, Executive Producer Will Jamieson and Producer Charlie Evans-Flag.